0: This is Culture A Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and this is a show where we'll deep dive on the good and the bad with Middle East HR and talent experts on their challenges, strategies, and success stories to inspire your own journey. Listen in and get ready to unlock potential and drive results with Culture A. everyone. Thank you so much for listening in to Culture Aid today. I do have Sana Ahmed with me today, and we are going to be speaking about her tenure, her transition, and how she tackled new territories within her current role. So, just to give you a quick background on who Sana is and who you're going to be hearing from today, Sana is the current Talent Acquisition Director for Middle East and North Africa, working with L'Oreal who I'm sure you all are very, very familiar with. What's great about Sana is actually her background. So let me just tell you a little bit about her. She has experience within various subdivisions of HR. She comes from an HR business partnering background. She has learning and development as a background. She has project management as a background. So she's really touching on a lot of points, including employer branding. And that led her to her current role with L'Oreal, who she's been with for, Sana, I think it's what, about nine years that you've been with about them? About nine, yeah. <laughs> that's about nine years. And going <laughs> That's amazing. You don't see that anymore. So that's great to, to see. I'm very interested in speaking to you today, just learning more about your experience experience and the the kind of theme behind it is you know we're based in the middle east your role the scope looks after middle east and north africa it's a very challenging region to look after because there are so many nuances within the different countries and it really kind of keeps you on your toes ever changing regulations and and so on and so forth okay you came from you you moved internationally you were based in pakistan prior And there's a a conception that the Middle East is a very difficult market if you haven't had experience here before. So I would love to hear kind of what that felt like for you and how you're dealing with it. Then as pause for a second before we jump into our questions, just to hand over the mic to see if there's anything you wanted to add on as a as an introduction for yourself. No, I think,
1: uh, I'm going to steal your introduction for any, uh, future interview that I, that I run when you know you're introducing yourself to a candidate. No, I think I'm really happy to be here today. And that's all me. Uh, I've also worked in Africa. I've, uh, so I have a couple of years in Africa also. I've worked in the telcos. I, I have a little bit of an understanding of the tech environment as well, because I've been a business partner for business intelligence and value added services. So I understand that world better too. So Telco's consultancy and then the lovely world of beauty with L'Oreal for the last nine years, which has really kept me hope. Uh, so I think that would be the only thing I'd add that, you know, that I have experienced multi-industry with that.
0: Very nice. Thank you so much. Okay, let's jump into today's conversation. So you've dedicated, obviously, a significant amount of time with your with L'Oreal, okay, with your current employer. Can you share kind of what's kept you motivated and engaged for such a long tenure because you don't see it so often anymore?
1: Now, I wish he would see it more often. We'll make accusations job easier, less lighter, but then this is also a bread and butter. I think um, every time, you know, so many people ask me this, that, you know, that, oh my God, nine years at L'Oreal and I'm still young at L'Oreal, Just step by eye. Like, you know, so the people I work with have been in the company for maybe 20, 25 years. They came in as management trainees and now are heading the globe. So it's phenomenal to see many, many times. But I think my own interest for L'Oreal kind of keeps there for two reasons. I think for the nine years that I spent here, no two days have ever looked the same. That is number one. So I have continuously learned, I've continuously challenged myself, I've continuously grown. And I often tell this to my candidates too, it comes from L'Oreal, but it also comes from the industry of beauty because beauty evolves every day. Even for you and for me, I look great in red lipstick today, but tomorrow I might hate it on myself. Like, you know, today I am in the color. I like the color green. Tomorrow I might like pink. How you feel about beauty? What gives you the sense of empowerment that confidence changes day on day? So when you work for an industry who is the number one beauty, Company of the world. Imagine the pace at which we work. Uh, imagine the change uh, that we experience. And as a consequence of it, the, the, my career, luckily in nine years, I have done four roles at L'Oreal also. Um, but, um, so it's, it's been the, it's been the continuous learning curve for me. So I've always thought that after this, I will think through, but the after this has not come through because after this, there is always that. I'm like, you know, and then there is that and then there is that. So. It's it's a phenomenal world with phenomenal career opportunities, career growth available. So that keeps me hooked. And I think the second piece is the passion of the people. I I Many, many people underestimate your every day because whenever we're looking for opportunities outside our current scopes, we're thinking about, you know, standards and packages and rewards and benefits and title. That'll never be enough. I'm quite mature to understand that no matter what we get, it'll never be enough. We'll always want more. But I really deeply value the everyday quality of my life, like you know. And I think the people at L'Oréal are phenomenal. It's really, it's a really fun bunch to work with, and they always uh, make you want to be better. And I love that about this company—that everybody wants you to be better, to be your best version. So you come in with a super energy, and even if you're down on energy, they will spike you up. Like you know, so I'm quite a bubbly, poppy person. So L'Oréal for me is a home. Uh, but a home that is challenging. Like, you know, home where I continuously learn. So I love it for this reason. So like I said, nine years and many more to go,
0: hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. That's probably <laughs> the best description I've ever heard from someone that's employed. <laughs> Honestly speaking, you don't hear all of that from one employer. It sounds like a great place to work. So it's it's so nice yes. to see that your tenure has kind of stretched. Yeah, and, and I wish you kind of all the luck staying and evolving mm-hmm. in your career there. Let's discuss people's aspirations because a lot, a lot of... It, You know, employees aspire to move internally within their organizations, but it's not always a very straightforward journey. What would you say were the main factors or strategies even that enable your recent transition to a different role in a new country?
1: I think the journey on growth. That's about it. And I I will link it to me, but I link it to so many people who I meet as a part of my new job. I'm very new in my job, by the way. I'm still learning the six markets that I, that I need from an acquisition perspective. And I met some amazing talents. And that is something we all have in common that when we're looking for the next challenge or we're looking for a different role, most of us are seeking growth to say that I want to, I want to learn something different. I want to. I want to evolve, like, you know, and that evolution kind of keeps you growing and wanting more and different things. So for me coming to the Middle East and this is, by the way, my second stint in the Middle East also, but in a completely new world, which is the world of talent acquisition. I, th- I thought it's going to be phenomenal to meet people from six different markets and experience six different businesses for the same comp- for the same company in four different divisions. The complexity of the stakeholders, the complexity of the candidates, uh, the complexity of finding the best fits for us around these six markets, yet all of them unified by a single passion. So I'm learning so much and I'm having so much fun with it. But that is the journey of evolution that I feel all candidates, all employees speak, including myself, that how do you grow? The only thing again, I would say here is that the awareness, it's not about the country where you work. It's about the evolution of your career. And the challenge that brings. So w- mobility or working in your home country, all of it is fine. At least with me, it's all fine. So long as I get challenged, so long as I continue grow. I like to believe I'm young, like, you know, <laughs> so there's a lot more, a lot many more years to give uh, and a lot more to learn. So I think the moves are associated with learning, with growth, with experiencing different challenges from learn and and from learning from others like you know and believe me i i am very thankful for the role that i have because i'm not just learning from l'oreal in this role I have
0: so many great people
1: from this region like you know i am i'm a student in interviews
0: also <laughs> it's so nice to see how open you are you know because i think you have to be super open to take a leap like this a, a little bit of a leap of faith i know you said it's your second stint in the middle east but transitioning to the middle east it's as a market it's a considerable shift because you've got you know, various countries within, each one of those countries has its own nuances, its own regulations, as I mentioned, and they're ever changing, ever evolving. So it really kind of keeps you on your toes. There's a lot of ambiguity. You have to be flexible and you have to be able to kind of roll with the punches.
1: Absolutely. 100% mm-hmm. true. This region is, uh, you know, this region is, is unified by its complexity also. <laughs> right. think <But laughs> together, together we make like a bunch of amazing countries who are very resilient. <laughs> like, you know, so it's uh, great to see that the nuances might change from country to country, but it's also really fun because you're like, I get you, you know, we have similar situations or we've been in similar experiences. So I love the resilience resilience uh, of this region and I love the passion of this region because it's it's so young it's so fresh in its appeal I mean I'm a big fan I that's all what I can say But you're coming to your question, I know.
0: I am coming to my question, but you kind of touched on it. My question is, you know, it's, it's a different market, obviously, where you were operating in uh, previously. So, so what would you say is maybe the most prominent like cultural and professional differences that you've encountered since your move? Okay. So we're talking about the GCC
1: at this point in time. So I will, I will speak about UAE. I, I think more so because that's my new home. Okay. Uh, moving to the UAE is very easy. Huh? It's a, it's a, it's a country with a very easy lifestyle. It's a phenomenal place to live. It's a great place for your children to grow. I mean, you can furnish your house in a day. Like, you know, you, you go, you find your house, you go to IKEA, you tell them to talk and Monday it's nothing and tomorrow it's everything. So I've loved the transition to the GCC and to Dubai. And I get why this is the number one uh, destination for people to want to move. It's in the top 10 global competitive markets to work in because the country makes it so easy. Like, you know, and, and that is phenomenal about this lifestyle and why I think I love Dubai and uh, so many other people who live here love it too. From a cultural perspective, I think it's a melting pot. And and that is that comes with its own challenges. And yet it comes with its own advantages, I would say. Uh, for example... You, it's a, it's a, it's a city and it's a country that is made up of many microcultures. Like, you know, so there is a, there is the, the Europeans, there is the Pakistanis, the Indians, the Arabs, like, you know, the Asians, uh, we're here. Like, you know, 80% of this country is, is, is expat dominated. But then the, there is unity in the diversity of this region because everybody is aware that they've come to a place which is not home. And because there's so many of us, so I think it's a beautiful way to coexist. So it's super fun. But you have to be vigilant and understand and you have to be adaptive, adaptive also to know that the second, the person next to you is not the same as you, does not have the same life experiences that you. So you have to be always vigilant. I think it really polishes your empathy. It really polishes your listening skills and it really polishes the way you deal with people because the diversity, diversity is a fact here, right? It's unlike other countries where, you know, you see it in pockets. Here it's a fact. It's every day. My own subsidiary, L'Oreal, is built of 53 nationalities working together every single day. So it's very, very interesting. And I think the right way to work around around all of this is one, to be very curious, then to be super, super empathetic, like, you know, and to know a large part of the time to know that you have a lot to learn, like, you know. And on the job market front, I would say that it's very competitive because uh, when global talent wants to come and land in the same city, or the same country, or the same region, you have the best of the world who's who's wanting to come. So from a job market perspective, I think this is a very tough and a very competitive market. Like, you know, so because there's a lot of choice available to recruiters, to acquisition, hence to the businesses, to select the best. Because the country is designed to welcome all. So everybody's welcome. So, but the jobs are limited. Like, you know, so I think competition is also very key to a lifestyle in Dubai, particularly. Like, you know, that you have to be the best. Uh, And that also creates that hustle culture in Dubai, I feel like, you know, because uh, all is great and and life is really good. And that's what people see. But uh, you live here too, you know, people work very hard (laughs) here. It's not all (laughs) brunches. Understatement. <laughs> you are nine to five. And like your hustle is super real as well. Because yes, it's a competitive market. Yes, you have the best of the world here, so you have to be the best. You have to bring your A game, uh, and that is also very, very key. And I see it every day in interviews when I'm meeting. Uh, I am I'm fortunate to meet people from all around the world for positions at L'Oréal, and honestly, uh, it's a very, very competitive pool of very, very fine talents.
0: You know, it used to be that this is years, years, years ago. I've been here for a very long time. It used to be that people would use Dubai or or Dubai was seen, let's say, as like a stepping stone because of where it's geographically placed. It's a great place to come in and live and travel on the weekends, or you could use it to set up shop and house for a while see how you feel about it and then, you know, transfer to another country. And that's just not the case anymore. As you said, like the, the diversity is very attractive from a personal perspective. You want your children to grow up somewhere like this. And uh, I mean, I myself am a living, breathing example of it. I just came from a school tour where they were talking to me about how they have 109 nationalities in the school. I mean, you don't see that anywhere else in the world. That is amazing. You want your children to be a part of that. And as you home. said... You know, because they've made it so easy for people to come in and to establish themselves and in, in this country become residents, it has attracted a huge pool of, of individuals from all over the world. And these individuals, a lot of them are very highly skilled professionals. So there is that competition. There is that hustle and you see it every day. So there's also, it's translating in, you know, what are companies offering now that make them the most attractive employer and so on. So it's, it's, yeah. it's very interesting to see that kind of shift and that interest peak. You know? And
1: it's, it's a tough competition. And then, of course, all of this, I, I echo everything that you said, all of this combined. And then there's the growing economy of the region that that's adding uh, a lot more joy to the equation because uh, the region is no longer a stepping stone. It is the it place to be. Because it's safe, it's secure, it's diverse, it's happy, it's uh, it's uh, it's a, a great it's a great lifestyle. Like I'm selling the dream, <laughs> and right now I feel like you know. But at this, you're gonna time, have tons of applications yeah, in your inbox. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also true that the region is growing when it comes to business. The Arab markets are phenomenal in terms of their adaptability, their acceptability of what's new, and it's not just. Uh, and then I'm, I'm I'm talking about the region, mena that it's the fastest growing. It's a very, very young region with what approximately 70% of its people being super young is the So the kind of work and the kind of uh, acceptability that they have in this region for growth, for testing out new things, for, for innovating is phenomenal as well. So the region in itself is very, very promising. Um, GCC, of course, uh, but even Saudi, even Egypt, even Lebanon, Morocco, uh, this entire region is very promising. It's the future. Like, you know, so... It, you add that to the cake also.
0: <laughs> There's a point that you made, like once once you make a move over here, you see how easy it is to to make that move, okay? And uh, you have support along the way. There's so many kind of entities set up to help you to get information. Everything is, is available to you. But before coming here, right? Some people don't know enough about the Middle East in general, okay? And, you know, the UAE because we're here, but the Middle East in general. Before your moves you you must have had certain kind of perceptions about working in the Middle East, the challenges or what it would be like. Now that you're here, you know, how do those initial perceptions compare to your your day-to-day? That's a very tough
1: question and a very loaded one. Don't put me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I, will, I will first give the, uh, the disclaimer that this is my purely my personal perception and has nothing to do with anybody else. But I think, I was lucky this time around. I'll tell you why because I'd already done a stint in Dubai a couple of years ago in learning and development for L'Oréal as well. So this time around, I was more prepared for the city. Like you know, so I knew that it's not going to be difficult to find the house or the furniture or the nanny. I don't need to bring anything from home, so I came with a single suitcase because uh, I knew that you know that life's gonna like I'm gonna land and life can begin the next day. I don't need two months to settle in, etc., etc. So it was that's true. The convenience is uh, very, very key. But when it comes to the expectation versus reality, uh, for me, yes, Dubai is a global, uh, global melting pot, like, you know, and the region is a melting pot of cultures, but it's also predominantly Arab. That was my first business learning. Like, you know, that the, a large part of the consumer mindset will still be Arabic in, uh, Arab in its nature and that culture. While, yes, we experience lots of cultures, the predominant culture will be those of the, of the people of the region. And I'm seeing that this is taking up, this is becoming more advanced and advanced with a lot of expertise in the market being desired for having known this consumer mindset, for having known these countries well, which is a, which is a new emerging trend versus say five, six years ago when I was here before, right? Because a good example of this is uh, you lived here, so you would have seen that some of the, some of the ads were always in English five, six years ago. Today, English is the subtitle and a lot of the communication is in Arabic today because I I see that regional pride is becoming very big. I see the country being very proud of its heritage. I see more and more Gen Zs being very curious and being proud of where they've come from, their own mother tongue, their language, their customs, their traditions. So it's very, very pleasing for me to see also that, you know, that we are celebrating our culture, our traditions in this region, in partnership with the with all the nationalities, with so much more pride. Like, you know, and that was one perception I had that it is very international, like, you know, uh, but it is also very local. This is something that I've learned very recently, right? Especially when I started meeting talents of this region, like, you know, some of the best talent that we do hire is actually homegrown from the region like you know and that is that is great to see because i i know that market perceptions have been that uh, the best talent for this region is people coming in internationally but i do see that the youth of this country uh, the millennials of this country the expertise in this country they know their countries well like you know so it's uh, they are also on the rise and the region is taking up the the national talent the local talent is a key need in this region as well, and we need them to rep- be represented in the workforces because they know they they know the people best. Like you know, that's one. Second, um, yeah, I think that that would be my key. Like you know, then I thought, okay, it's gonna be super international. It is super international because it is built on tolerance, respect, and diversity. But when it comes to everyday work cultures and the underlying consumer base that we're working for or we're working with, yes, yeah, it's it's from the region. It's predominantly Arab in its orientation. And we need those expertise because we do have a big culture and, and we do have a very colorful culture and we do have a very, we do have our own nuances and our own, our own likes and dislikes. Like, you know, so I, and I see that that is now also creeping very well into the, the workplace and the way we hire. Many, many times I'm explaining to candidates when they ask for feedback that, okay, I was great. I had a, I had the best conversation with you. I thought I'm going to go to the next round. And I always tell them that, you know, you are really good. But honestly, there are people who understand the, the markets better. Like, you know, there are people who have been here longer, like, you know, who might be able to do this job well. So it's very competitive, like, you know, at the end of the day. And the region is prioritizing regional expertise. That's my opinion, at least on this.
0: I mean, look, I, I see where you're coming from. I'm I'm aligned with it because you need to know what resonates in each market, right? Locally, you can't just take like a blanket approach to something that you've applied internationally and feel that it's going to work for a specific market. Because as we said, each market operates very differently. And what they value is different. Their culture is different, you know? So you kind of have to deliver your messaging differently, depending on, on who you're targeting, who you're working with. And that's whether you're, you're doing something from an employer branding perspective or from a talent acquisition perspective, you know, whatever you're putting out there needs to resonate with the market. And so it, it it's,
1: And it's not that it didn't exist. I think there's a lot more pride in it today. And I'm very proud yeah. of that. I think there's a lot of pride to say I'm from the region and I'm, I'm, I'm I'm home, I'm homegrown. And, uh, you know, I, I love to, I, I genuinely really love it because of the fact that I feel that we're owning the region. We're owning the culture. Like, you know, we're owning Ramadan and we're owning the fact that we like to be friends first. Like, you know, and we like long conversations and hot cups of tea. Like, you know, and, and that's okay. And that's how we work. Like, you know, and so. It's a very, very interesting for me to see, but I'm I'm very proud uh, of the region in itself. Uh, I see them coming uh, more comfortable with who they are, demanding more
0: of their own uniqueness within the region, and that's fun to see. Like you know, it's it's great. So so let me ask you this, okay? Because this kind of ties into what I was going to ask you next. There is sort of a perception. I don't know how widely of a perception it is anymore, but there there is a perception that you know. People need to have like an extensive understanding of the Middle East market to essentially like effectively work here. So, based mm-hmm. on on your experience, how crucial would you say it is to really have this kind of prior knowledge? I think it depends from job to job.
1: Okay. Like you know, so there are certain jobs that are very internal to organizations where maybe this is a, that that because maybe it's not required. So I think the reason I'm saying it depends job to job are because some jobs are extremely market facing. Like you know, where you really need to know your market in order to accelerate. Because at the end of the day, we need to grow the business. Uh, you know, the reality is that you're you're coming into a market, you're coming into a workplace in order to help them grow to be successful in the region. So there are certain jobs which do require regional expertise or prior experience in the job market because maybe we lack it at this point in time. And as a consequence of it, we need experts to come in, right? and sometimes it's not the requirement because sometimes it's capability that we are borrowing from other amazing countries and in plugging it into this region in order to transform because let's not forget this region is also highly transformative uh, in its uh, in its nature in its approach there's always something new happening here it has very high adaptability to the best of all worlds whether it's China or the US they're welcoming everything like you know to this region so it's a very adaptable region it is a very open region it's a very young region So I think the job determines the need that we have. But yes, there are certain jobs in which we require regional expertise or prior market experience. And it predominantly comes from the fact that we require it. And If you're asking from a L'Oreal perspective, then maybe we don't have it in the team right now. And that's what we need to borrow from the market. And sometimes we have enough regional expertise, like, you know, and we need capability from another country or another market that is doing really well. And in that case, of course, we'll borrow that. Because at the end of the day, the job of talent acquisition teams is not just to find the right fits versus a job description. Our job at L'Oreal is to really find the best teams who will come together to deliver ambition and the best capability puzzle. So it's like really curating a jigsaw puzzle to say, okay, what do we need? But a lot of our hiring is based on capability as opposed to uh, plug and play. And because we need to make sure that the team together collectively delivers and we have to always see okay what does our team currently have what do they lack if we're going to borrow this expertise from the market what will this expertise look like and sometimes yes it's experience within the region within the market within the category for sure other times it is capability that we do not have and we are still learning and it's best to borrow it like you know so i think it's very job dependent fair point
0: i see that i see that completely let's shift just a little bit. I want to talk about taking a risk on the internal mobility for some people like myself, I'll put my hands up. It's scary. Like it's scary to consider moving, just uprooting and change and, you know, I know you're meant to be more adaptable and so on. So <laughs> uh, you know, that's a disclaimer. <laughs> like I understand the
1: quirks. You know, people who need to stay. Uh, so there are people who should be moving. Like I said, organizations are well balanced When some want to stay. Some want, to, if everybody wants to do the same thing, we'll be in a problem.
0: It's okay. Some of us want to leave. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so for the listeners, okay, who, who want to know more about your experience, you know, especially those that are looking obviously to, take on a role in a different region within their organization? What mm-hmm. advice would you give them based on your experience?
1: I, I will use my L'Oreal experience here, right? Because I I I enjoy where I work. I deeply, I, I think it's an honor to be where I am. I love the company. You know, I think that is well known about me. So I always look at my career. I don't look at the region or the country. I'm mobile anywhere. I'm like, you know, as long as it serves the purpose of my ambitions. And I think, Mobility is very easy for any organization to provide if the, if the employee knows what's the ambition. So I think we need to kind of reverse engineer this experience. So I would never say I want to go to London. Why do I want to go to London? Why can't I learn this in Paris or in Hong Kong or Dubai or in Pakistan, which is my home country, right? I want to be a global HRD. Like, you know, I want to be, I want to be in the leadership team of L'Oreal group someday. If that's my ambition. And if anybody from L'Oreal is watching, I will neither deny nor confirm this is the ambition. Like, you know, if I want to be a global HR leader for L'Oreal, I know that I need a couple of experiences under my belt. I need to have led a country. I need to have led HR expertise. I need to have led, I need to have led a region, like a hub, a MENA. I would have uh, need to have done a zone placement, which is uh, looking at a bigger, uh, bigger geographical territory. I need to be an expertise of the four divisions that we have at nodia and then maybe they'll consider me for a global leader. So, every time I am thinking of a career change, I think how does it add to my eventual ambition? Like you know, and mobility should be a function of that. That which market, which country, which role will get me new. And truth be told, I think many, many times people want to go to different countries and they don't get that, they don't get that opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. I think don't, don't take it too personally, especially if you like, if you like what you do, if you have a very clear amb- ambitious mindset, because six, seven, eight career paths can lead to the same ambition. So you have to be flexible also, right? But I think it all stems from your ambition and what you want, and then really, selling out or curating a career path or the exposures or the experiences that you need in order to get there. And there is no one route, honestly speaking. There is never one route. There are multiple routes that you can take. So don't be too disheartened that you didn't get your role in London or LA or Dubai. It's okay. I'm, it's okay, as long as you're you're getting the experience under your belt, uh, I think that's very clear. It's easier said than done, for sure. I will also admit that if my heart is set on being somewhere and I don't get to go, then maybe like you know I'll have a tough day. But you have to talk to yourself. You must coach yourself to say that: Am I still on my plan? Like, you know, am I still getting near to my ambitions? Am I still getting to what I want to do? And is this part and this part still leading to the same ambition? Then like, you know, but it should stem from ambition on, on, on the experience of the job that what do you need to learn? What do you need to get under your belt to grow as a leader? Like, you know, what experiences are you lacking today that you need? Because what got you here might not get you to the next step. So I think it's very key to think through on, on the ambition and before you think about how you get there, because then there will be multiple paths, but I'm, I'm big on mobility. But then I will also say to you, Sarah, that mobility from a career perspective, especially as a woman is limited because you're also, a, you also have a family. You can't send everybody packing. So it's not also that easy. I'm a great example of this at L'Oreal. I do split family with my husband because I really wanted to grow with L'Oreal and he really wants to grow his career. So we're doing split family right now with my son and me being in Dubai, my husband being back in our home country. But you have to take that bet and you have to see what works for your family also. So because you operate as a unit, you don't operate alone, especially when you are married and you have children and all of that. I, I Single people have it a little bit easier because they're more flexible. Like, you know, so... And there are multiple ways. And that's what L'Oreal taught me. That, no, you don't need to go too far and you can stay in your home country and do this too. But do what works in order to get you the experiences and exposures to get to your ambitions. Like, you know, so I think that is very, very key. And you have to be, you have to think of the whole spine,
0: not just your career. Your life is also very, very important in in all of this. Such good advice. And honestly... Like, I know everyone has to do whatever works for their family dynamic, whatever works for their ambition and their career aspirations. It's it's very hard, I think, to to juggle and, you know, and structure it. You have to structure this kind of support system for yourself, for yeah. your family and so on. So it's great to see that you've kind of, you've found a way, you know.
1: Bring me back to why
0: this vision is amazing, because you
1: can do this in Dubai. You can do this in the GTP <laughs> because the country is so phenomenal in terms of how it supports people and talent. And really, I'm selling the GCC dream well, I think. Like, you know, but but it's easy. Like, you know, for women, it's safe. Your children can can go around. The schools are great. The communities are great. The diversity is great. Like, you know, so it's doable in in, in a market like Dubai. And this is why I'm also here. Like many other people. What draws me to this region and what draws me to uh, this country is the fact that I can do all of this without driving myself insane.
0: I'm going to make you put on your TA director hat for a second, okay? And and I want to focus on employer branding and talent attraction in particular from these two perspectives, uh, employer branding and talent attraction. How beneficial would you say it is for an organization to have and to encourage, okay, not just to have it, but to really encourage an internal mobility policy
1: for sure uh, i think if you want to retain talents look mobility enables people to grow you asked me in the start what do i love about loreal and why do i want to stay here and why have i been here so long honestly because i'm growing every day the the company keeps challenging me I, and i kid you not not every quarter every year i learn something new every day i don't remember a day when i said that ah oh, like you know that i'm at ease i'm always in a in an upward learning curve right so I think mobility is one such way because different markets have different dynamics, different teams, different people. So I think if mobility is one reason why people love working in the, the bigger organizations because it gives you exposure to the world. It gives you exposure to different challenges. It, it allows you to work with so many different kinds of people to explore so many different kinds of markets, both personally and professionally. Like, you know, but personally is also very, very important. So I think it's a great way to engage employees. It's a great way to retain talent. It's a great way to retain Expertise, so I think wherever there are strong mobility policies, uh, I'm pretty sure that they also have higher engagement, lower attrition, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because there is opportunity to grow within something that you like. Okay, so
0: now you've got okay, so you've, you have a lot of experience under your belt. Okay, so far your exposure within the HR world. <laughs> but, okay, but question. Well, I, you
1: know, but I, I've done the, I've done what I could, but there's so much more to do.
0: Fine. Fair enough. Yeah. You're still learning, which is great, but you have, you've had like this vast experience. It's great to see kind of your, your scope has changed and evolved over time and it's given you really different perspectives within the HR umbrella. So I, I think that's great to see. You also have this kind of fresh pair of eyes when it comes to the Middle East as a market. Okay. Where do you see the future this is a very hard question, I think, for me. It's, I don't know where you want to take it, but where would you see the future of HR in this region?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a, it's not a hard question. It's a favorite question because at L'Oreal, we are always preparing for maybe five years ahead. So vision 2030, vision 2027. So no, it's a, it's very exciting. I think, again, I think there are three or four areas where we must focus as, as HR. Like, you know, we are moving into an age where data centricity is becoming very, very key. And there are so many more ways of getting to know your organizations really well, getting to know your people's sentiments really well, getting to know what makes people love your organization, what do they want to change about it. And I think the HR teams who going to win talent in the future are going to be the ones who are most proactive at using all of this. So I think uh, data centricity for HR is super key at this point in time to really call out that how to ensure that we create great conducive workplaces for employees and for them to act very quickly on it. I think that is one. I think the second area where HR is very, very invested in and should be is capability investment. Like I said, long gone are the days where we're just talking about saying that I will hire people because they can do the job. I think a lot of the future forward HR companies are looking at how do I build the capability of the organization to attack the needs of the future? Like, you know, so I think the second piece that will at least at L'Oreal, we're really working on is how do we get the best people in? How do we help them grow right? How do we upskill them? Like, you know, how do we retain them? How do we engage them? Like, you know, how do we make sure that they have the best career and they're ready to help us tackle uh, the next five years, the next 10 years, et cetera, right? So I think the second piece where HR needs to be really working on is the capability puzzle on what is the capability of the future. And we need to start working on it right now. And the last one is my most favorite one, to be very honest, because we're becoming so data centric and we're becoming so capability centric, I think HR's key job is to enable organizations to have very high empathy quotients as well. Like you know, so we can't lose the sense of people, we can't lose the sense of of community. Because with AI coming, with tech coming, etc., you know, with the you you and I are having a podcast on team on on Zoom as opposed to meeting in person. I think in the future. People are going to want to be in organizations that have not forgotten what it means to be empathetic, what it means to be people sensitive, what it means to be, what Loria likes to call a servant leadership. Like, you know, to be available for people. Like, you know, and I think it's very, very important that HR starts creating that culture in their work environments, working with the leadership, working with the business to create places that are safe, that are empathetic, that allow people to be happy when they're at work that aid their mental health as opposed to cause problems for it. And I think that's the third piece of the puzzle where HR really needs to invest uh, time and focus in. And I'm talking about, honestly speaking, what L'Oreal is working on at this point in time. But these are the three key areas where I think we are rigorously preparing, investing in order to prepare for the future as well as today, because uh, the challenges of today's employee are very, very different from uh, those of the past. Like, you know, and this is just going to amp more up. And I think it's very, very important to prepare the right work environment for the talent that is coming in because they demand so much more. I really enjoyed speaking
0: with you today. Honestly, like it's, <laughs>
1: <I'm
0: serious. laughs>
1: I was like, Oh my God. She's like, what is going on about? I apologize to all no. your viewers. <laughs> You know, in <laughs> theater, they're like, no, she doesn't know what she's talking
0: about. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just thinking, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Like it, I didn't feel like, you know, I was running through a bunch of questions. I felt like I was speaking to somebody that I've spoken with a thousand times before. I can mm-hmm. see why you are in the position that you are in today. And it's mm-hmm. so nice to like hear your perspective. It's very like fresh it's very on point it's very positive it's very encouraging so I really like I really really enjoyed kind of hearing more about your experience
1: I will please join my year-end review so my <laughs> bosses can also know that. that yeah I'm just joking with you, you No, know, I, I genuinely I told you at the start of the podcast that I have not I've not seen the questions because I feel like I said I, I land on the same note that you know that if we can't be honest as professionals and we can't we can't be, we can't be in safe spaces to share what we think. Then we're not getting ready for the world that is ahead of us because the world ahead of us is very different from today. It's evolved a lot since we were entry level in an organization as well. So I really like to practice it also, by the way. I like, uh, and uh, the yoga again, I, and I bring it to the first question. Why do I love L'Oreal? The freedom to be yourself is so key here. And it is, by the way, the, the success to great careers at Maria and that you need to be comfortable in your own skin is a key need. Like, you know, for being a talent for beauty, like, you know, that you're just comfortable in being who you are. So I, I, I genuinely do have big opinions, right or wrong. I think I let your audience decide, but, but thank you so much for also giving me the opportunity to speak to you. I really enjoy speaking as you get <laughs> there.
0: No, I love it, and I'm so happy. And for, for everyone that's listening, actually, I am going to be having Sana back on the show. We are already working on what we're going to be discussing. It's going to be super informative. We're really going to hear more insights about L'Oreal and kind of what they're planning behind the scenes. So I'm very, very excited to have you back on, and I think everyone's going to really enjoy. Yeah, listening to you. So.
1: Is this a good time to say, please press like and
0: subscribe so that's that exactly, I can
1: get one? <laughs> so that's exactly I what
0: I was going to say. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. Everyone listening in, please like, subscribe, give us your feedback. We are always open to it. If you have any questions for me or Sana on this topic or anything in general, feel free to reach out. We're always happy to kind of give us, give you your opinion or connect you to some people. And stay tuned for Sana's next episode. It's going to be great. I hope um, so.
1: And, and honestly speaking, I would really want more comments and feedback because I'm a rookie in the region. So I really look forward to hearing from people to say, no, you got this wrong role because I want to be successful in my stint. So if you think I can learn from you, please do, do comment so that I can at least read and respond and we could have a more healthy debate and conversation around this piece. But I had,
0: I had the best time talking to you. Sarah, sure. thank you so
1: much. Yeah,
0: thank you, thank you so much, and everybody, yes, go out and comment. Welcome her to the Middle East. You know, oh, you're almost a year in, so so you know you've probably learned so much already. You've got so much yeah, coming your but way. Yeah, but... almost.
1: I moved in February, so almost a year in. Yeah, Amazing.
0: but I still, am still new.
1: Like you know, so there's a lot to learn. Like,
0: <laughs> so yeah. But thank you so so much, Sana. Thank, thank, thank you. you. It was great to speak with you today.
1: Likewise.